Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Let us go to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. The words I'm going to speak are better expressed in the New Living Translation of the Bible. So that's what we are going to be reading today. We're going to start from verses 22. In fact, let us start from uh, uh, verses 18. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horns, and when they saw the flashings, the flashes of lightnings and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance trembling with fear. First of all, before you continue, do you see the picture there? I want you to first of all see that picture very, very well, okay? The people had the thunder and loud blasts of a ram's horn. Imagine a trumpet. So thunder had a trumpet to it, okay? And when they saw the flashes of lightning. Now that one you can see. So combine those things together. And then add in some smoke. So you are having thunder. You are having with thunder in it. So it feels like a drum roll. Yeah. And you're having flashes of lightning and smoke billowing from the mountain. They stood at a distance trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen. But do not let God speak directly to us or we will die. Are you getting the picture now? Then Moses answered, do not be afraid. He answered them, for God has come in he, this way to test you, and so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. God has showed up in this way so that you may carry a certain trembling concerning him, so that that trembling will keep you from sinning. As the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. Verses 22. And the Lord said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. Let's read together. Uh -huh. You saw for yourselves that I spoke to you from heaven. Remember, you must not make any idols of silver or gold to rival me. However, verses 24, uh -huh, build for me an altar made of earth and offer your sacrifices to me, your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered and I will come to you and bless you. 
Let's read that part again. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. And I will come to you and bless you. If you use stones to build my altar, use only natural uncut stones. Do not shape the stones with a tool, for that would make the altar unfit for holy use. And do not approach my altar by going up steps. If you do, someone might look from under you and see your nakedness. Father, we thank you for your word. My spirit is excited. And so let the people hear the word and let it build them up and let's become a strong generation for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. My sermon title is going to be Build Me an Altar. Build me an altar. So one of the things we are doing in these 40 days is to build an altar. And this is very important. Look at what the scripture has just said. He said, God told the children of Israel that build for me an altar made of the earth. And then he went and said, build my altar whenever I cause my name to be remembered and I will come to you and bless you. Now, I began in the morning to tell you that altars are platforms that authorize spiritual uh, reality to take place in the natural realm on legal terms. Um, one of the things that you need to walk in understanding with is that there is a spiritual reality and there is a natural reality. There's a spiritual realm and there is a natural realm and all these two realms work and work together simultaneously. But within these realms are three Three entities, three personalities, or three beings that operate. So we have God, okay? We have God who is an authority in the spiritual realm. But alongside God, there is also the devil, Diabolus, the, the deceiver, Satan, and his demons. So you have God with the angels and the spirit on one side operating in the spiritual realm. And you also have uh, the devil who is a fallen angel really. So it should have been two. But we get a third one because the devil is rebellious. Okay? He, re he rebelled against God. And so he is a deceiver. He is bad. It is evil. All right? Now, but then, you also, as a man, man is also a spiritual being. Okay? Man 
is also a spiritual being. So you and I are spiritual. All right? We are spiritual. Um, and all these entities, the three entities, uh, they work in both the spiritual and the natural realm. In fact, the things that happen in the spiritual invisible realm are more real than these things that are in the natural visible realm for us. However, man is the only authorized entity to operate dom and dominate here on earth. You see, when God created man, he said to him, have dominion, have rulership. So God delegated the ruling of this natural realm and operating in this natural realm to man, you and me. And for a particular reason, because man was made from the ingredients of this natural world, but at the same time, he also received the breath from the spiritual realm, okay? And so we are the only authorized entity or spirit to operate in the natural realm so that if there is any other entity out of the other realms that are to operate in the natural realm, they must find a man to agree with them so that they can operate here on earth. That is why before the devil could get absolute rulership over this world, he had to trick man in selling and giving up his dominion so that uh, the devil got legal authorization from Adam to dominate and rule here on earth. However, even then, he still must possess certain individuals and hearts in order for him to express himself here on earth. But at the same time, even God, for God to operate here on earth powerfully and affect and influence things, he needs a man and a woman to agree with him. Glory be to God. Uh, let, me even, let, me, let me bring it a bit up close and personal to you. Recently, I was speaking to a certain gentleman, and in his entire family, he is the only one that is born again. And, but however, he has also gone through so much in his life. He's gone through so much. And he was asking, but why is it that I have gone through so much? And why is it that I did not have, I, didn't, I do not have a good line of people from whom I can also track? You get it? Because some of us are enjoying the positions we are in because we had parents who paid certain prices. But then there are also other people who don't have such. But then you realize, 
and I was explaining to him, listen, when God is visiting iniquity, the Bible says he visits iniquity up to the third generation. But for the blessing, it goes on and on until there's another person that stands and breaks that pattern. And so some of you are like third generation and God looks at a family that had so much brokenness and says, how do I redeem something out of this family? And he identifies. This thing is all by grace. By divine choosing. And God looks and says, ah, in this, if I am to redeem something out of this line and stop the curse from following, I must find a man, a woman, a young boy, someone who will agree with me. So some of you are curse breakers. Some of you, it is starting with you. For me, I had an opportunity. I had a mother who endured that process so that now uh, she be started a great line. My wife had her dad also who broke something. So for us, we are second generational inheritors continuing a line of the blessed. Glory be to God. And some of you are also like that. Hallelujah. Some of you right now could have been drunkards. Some of you right now could have been uh, uh, prostitutes. You could have had uh, eight children and your husband has five wives. Glory be to God. But someone stood in. God looked at you and said, I will choose a mother. I will choose a grandmother. I will choose somebody who will stand in. And if that person will agree with me, then we will start a new posterity. Someone say posterity. A new posterity of men and women that will agree with my plan and my purposes. And I will cause that generation to start a generation of men and women that will forever serve God. Hallelujah. And, and so there are certain things that we had to endure as children because... My mother was breaking out of certain curses, certain problems, certain uh, altars that had been set before. And now we are flourishing. And my children have a certain language that even me, I did not have when I'm growing up. Hey, what, what language do you think my great-grandchildren will have? And I'm not just talking about me. I'm also talking about you. You see... What we are doing here matters. It matters not only for you. It matters for the generation that is coming. It, is mat it matters for the generation that will follow you. You are setting a certain pace. You know when people say that uh, uh, this world is all going to war, to flames and to hell. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, no, it's not. You know why? Because I'm here. I am here. Uh, when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah, he told Abraham, listen, if I find 50 people in that land that are okay, I will preserve it. Hallelujah. And Abraham broke it down and broke it down until God said, okay, okay, Abraham, even if I find only five, you count how many we are here. So you see, Uganda is not going to fall. 
We are here. Your family is not going to fall. You are here. Glory be to God. If you think you are very alone, then include your children. Recruit your sisters. Recruit your brothers. Recruit some more. And say, Lord, here we are. We are standing. Glory be to God. Recruit because altars are systems of authorization where men, men give divine authorization. They give authorization to the spiritual realm to begin influencing the natural realm. Please understand that. Altars are systems, are platforms of authorization where you as a man, you come in agreement with the spiritual realm and say, I agree, let it be established like that. As it is in heaven, so let it be here on earth. This is very powerful, my friends. And you need to understand this very well because you must know what happens when you pray. You must know what happens when you don't pray because in prayer, we are agreeing to certain things. In prayer, when we come like this in fasting and prayer, we are saying we want what is in the spiritual realm to impose its dominion on the natural realm. And, and, and so when I am going into my prayer place, I am not going there as one who is weak. Because when you understand this thing, you begin to understand how much power you hold. Let me break it down for you. You as a human being, I said, there is no spirit that can operate here on earth. Eh, let me give you another example. You imagine God had come to Mary, okay? Said, hey Mary, rejoice, highly favored one. God is with you. Uh, you are going to bear a son and you will call his name Jesus. And then Mary looks and says, uh, 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 Gabriel, wait a minute. Did you know that I am uh, engaged? Do you know what happens to people who are found with child that is not of the one ah, I don't want? Do you know what would have happened? Do you think God would have said, ah, Mary, 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 I created you. No, right there, the birth of Christ would have been postponed. So, do you realize how much authority, even if you just carried that alone, and you began praying with only that understanding, I carry authority. I carry authority. I carry authority. I carry authority. I can open that door. I can close it. Uh, let me give you another example. Do you remember in the book of Revelation, God says, Behold, I am at the door of your heart knocking. I am like, God, you are God. I, I, you are God. Aren't you God? Nothing is impossible with you. Why are you staying outside of the heart? You understand? I am at the door of your heart. I am. And if any man shall let me in. Wait. You are waiting for my permission, God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like 
that much. This is one of the reasons when you are stressed and worried and anxious about things, the angels look at you and they're like, eh, eh. they wonder because this thing has already been designed by God. It has already been designed by God that you carry such power, such grace, such authority to influence and affect things here on earth. To cause heaven and to cause hell to bow down to you. Catch this, to your will. Do, do you remember even Jesus as a man, he had to say, Lord, not my will. Not my will, but let it be. Because, friends, the strength that you carry, the authority that you carry is to dominate in any and every situation of your life. Hi. Then when you add onto that, the fact that you have even been given the spirit of God, things begin to look really, really nice. And so, build me an altar. That's what God is saying. Build me an altar. In the scripture we have read here in Exodus, when he tells the children of Israel, build me an altar where, wherever I cause my name to be remembered. Yeah? Understand the context of where this is happening. So let me give you a little bit of context of what is happening here in Exodus. It actually starts all the way from Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, the children of Israel feel it is unfair, right? For Moses to be always the one coming and telling them, yeah, even us, even us, God, and, and there are lots of people who have that kajanja. Praise the Lord. It's like, it's like, guys, let us fast and pray. It's like, Musumba, me, I don't feel it. <laughs> even, I will wait until I, hey. anyway, but God is merciful. He loves you. Praise the Lord. He, he loves you. Uh, the children of Israel, they tell Moses, we also want to see. We also want to, to see him. So, God tells him, don't worry, tell them to sanctify themselves. I am coming. <laughs> I am coming. And so, he comes down. You remember the things we read? Yeah? There is thunder, loud noise, lightning, flashing. It is smoke it is it is they they see these things they say Moses please do us a favor we no longer want to hear from him he hadn't even spoken a word <laughs> so we don't want to hear from him you tell him let him tell you whatever he tells you that is what we will do because the the way Guys, don't be afraid. It is, it is the way he speaks because he just wants to put his... Ah, my goodness. Praise the name of Jesus. So, 
it is in that context that God has actually appeared to the people. He has even given them the Ten Commandments. But then God feels that it is necessary for the children of Israel to build him an altar. But God, you already came out. God, we saw the smoke. We saw the fire. We heard the thunder. We heard the trumpet. Listen, before I can do much in your lives, I need you to build me, build for me an altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. It says, build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. So, look at the progression of what God is doing, how God is doing it. Uh, so, God, first of all, causes his name to be remembered. And then you build an altar. Let's read it together again. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. And so the first thing that happens is you don't build an altar in order for God to do. You are not building an altar because you want to cause God to appear. That's why in the beginning he told them, you have seen me, so don't make any idol. Because in witchcraft, it's the other way around. In witchcraft, you build an altar for the demons and they show up. You understand? For us, when God shows up, the next step, the response to God coming toward us is building an altar. Again, remember, an altar is a system or a platform of authorization where you allow the spiritual realm to effect its will and its power in the natural realm. Are we together? And so when God speaks a word, when God says something, that thing in the spiritual realm is already established. It's already done. But there is always a distance between the manifestation of that which is already yours in the spiritual realm and to the man its manifestation here in the natural realm. And the distance between when God establishes the thing and you realize the thing, that distance is bridged by your altar. While your food is already served, you are still hungry. And the reason you are still hungry is you have failed to understand how to wash your hands and sit at the table and start eating. God is waiting on you. You are not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. I know some people are like, I am seeking God. I am waiting on God. God is waiting on you. I am telling you. You owe God answers to prayer. Did I say that? Yes. You owe God answers 
to prayer. The manifestation of what is in the spiritual world is dependent on you and me establishing the altar for God. The platform where we say, God, uh, let it be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so a man and a woman of God must learn to come into agreement with what God is or has already done. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. In other words, God is already committing himself that I am going to do certain things that will cause you to know it is I. He's already committing himself. So before he says this statement, he first shows up. He first shows up. So we don't pray simply because God hid. We don't pray simply because we can't find God. Oh, no. We pray because we know he said, you shall seek me and you shall find me. Ah, you people, God wants to be found. We are not seeking that which we do not know about. No. We know, we know that all things work together for good. So we know. And because the spirit searches all things and hear the deep things of God. So we come in the power of this Christ. We establish altars because we have seen God. Um, you know, one of the big problems about teaching on altars is because there has been a lot of teaching on altars that has not necessarily been complete. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, there has been a lot of teaching on altars that has measured more on negative altars than on positive altars. And so when people think about altars, they are immediately thinking about breaking of generational curses. They are thinking about demonic works. And so you realize that a lot of teaching on altars ended up making you more conscious of demonic operations than conscious of godly operations. You people, God is working a lot more than the devil is working. Listen, me, I was amazed by the 31st. I am always amazed by the 31st. It is one of the days when I have sure proof that our nation, Uganda, is a nation for God. You know why? Because I saw drunkards. They left the bars on the 31st and said, I want to enter the year in the house of God. Do you understand that thing? Everywhere where there was an overnight, where there was a field, everywhere it was filled. It was packed. It, everywhere where there were prayers. And you tell me that the devil is working a lot more than God is working? No! Even in your family, the problems that are almost all there, you are there. You, you are there. God has already started to establish a posterity within that family. And so because of your presence, you are going to cause many. Listen. You are God's plan for the redemption of your neighbors, the redemption of your clanmates, the redemption of your family members. You are, the, you, you are God's plan. The challenge is when God causes his 
name, to be remembered. You, you don't know that you have a thing to do. And your thing is to establish, to build him an altar. So we don't build an altar because, you know, now let's put to take Praise the Lord. Now, I know that I may be stepping on some people's toes. But the days of ignorance, God did not count them for us. You understand? Some of those things worked for some people because God is merciful and gracious. He looks at you in your ignorance and you're calling, you're calling, you're crying. Now he looks at, says, Angel. You get it? So by the way, that is why praying is always fruitful. Like even when you're praying the wrong way, at least you are better than the one who is not praying. Because if, if, you, if you are praying and you're praying the wrong way, every now and then God will look and say, because at least you are calling on his name. You get it? But there's a reason why, you know, in the 90s, let me give you this also. In the, in the 90s, there were a lot of altars that were established in you in the 90s. A lot of prayer altars. That is when we got some of the prayer mountains that we have around the country. That is when um, fellowships in uh, government offices started. Are we together? That, that is when um, uh, 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 fellowships in workplaces started. That's when lunch hours started. That's uh, in the 90s, uh, the, the revelation of we need to establish altars in Uganda, came majorly by uh, Prophet John Mulinde. And listen to me, me, I am not criticizing because I feel like we owe it to our fathers to build on what they started and make sure we are building with better material. Do you understand? So the idea of altars was not a bad idea. In fact, it's a very good idea. The problem came though that the altars measured more on witchcraft, on problems, on uh, generational caste, on, you know, in the workplace, people come with jujus. They come with jujus. You understand? One time, my uncle was working at uh, Uganda Railway. He was a driver at the Uganda Railway. And one time, he was driving his truck and it got a problem. So he needed to go under the chair and remove uh, uh, the covering of the chair to fix something. When he removed the covering of the chair, he found there that thing that we used to use to put on the head when we are fetching water from eh, a banana leaves that you, you make into a, a padding in cutter. So he found that thing under his chair. My goodness, he didn't want to get into that car again. But he had been driving it for a long time. Praise the Lord. So people have such things in their workplaces. And you know why? They are acknowledging and they are agreeing with demonic operations and satanic powers in those places. For us as believers, we do not react to that by, hey, let us also establish our altar that our God may also fight against those things. That's not the way it goes. We build our altars 
Because we understand God has said. So if you are to establish, for example, an altar in a workplace, you better be sure there's something God has said. Build me an altar in the place I cause my name to be remembered. In the place I cause my name to be remembered. Wherever, wherever. And so altars are not reactions to bad situations. Altars are responses to God is working. So when God gives you a word and it is a good word and you feel it stirred inside of you, hey, what do you do? You go and you establish an altar and say, Lord, you have caused your name to be remembered. Now, let's do this thing. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Please, my friend, don't let your mind be battling because sometimes you know something or sometimes you've been doing something for a long time. And I know that some of you have been praying and fasting for a long time. And I am saying to you, it's not the fasting and the praying that is the problem. It is the software that has been operating. And we need to change the software so that you put the right software. If you want to do word processor using those. But what I am saying to you is that what we were taught about altars is not that it was entirely wrong. There is a thing that was not touched well. And the thing is this, because there are negative altars. And even those negative altars were established by men. Okay? But there are positive, powerful, godly altars. Even those positive, godly altars are also established by men. Okay? So let's take an instance that in your family, even you when you look, according to what you were taught, eh? even you when you look, you really see there is a very demonic altar operating. Listen, even that demonic altar was established by a human being. There is a certain uncle, a certain auntie, a certain grandmother, a certain whatever, that agreed with demonic powers. And they started a pattern of evil and demonic influence within your Guess what? You're a human being. And what you have is even more powerful than your great, great uncle who went to a shrine where there were no lights. Now you, you have come to the... You understand? For them, when they went to those shrines, they told them, switch off the lights. Say nothing. You understand? If those things were that powerful, now you are here in great, both spiritual and physical light is very great here. Hallelujah. And you are able to stand and say, if there was a man in this family that established something, now I, Mutagubia Alex, I stand to cancel it out and establish my own line of great victors and powerful men and women of God. Come on, somebody. Build me an altar. That's all God is looking for. Build me an altar. Build me an altar. Build me an altar. Glory be to his name. 
Glory be to his name. And so I am saying to you, in this month of grace, speed and effectiveness, we are building an altar. You are building an altar because we have heard God speak. You know, some of you were here on the 31st. It looks like all of you were here on the 31st. Uh, some of you, we prayed for you. We prayed even, even when we didn't pray for you. While you were there, you were feeling the power of God just going through you. Eh? Like you were seeing, I'm telling you on the, on the 31st, uh, I, eh? I came and as I was entering the gate, it's just like the presence of God just was shook. Pastor Simon was praying eh? and it just felt like, am I in this normal place or what? It was like just God was here. You get it? It makes sense that after you've experienced God like that, you start an altar. You build an altar. Build me an altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered. Hallelujah. And, and, and so several of you, 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 have, uh, you, you, you have tested and have seen God. And you know that God has spoken to you. And so when we say these are days of grace, speed, and effectiveness, grace is not something you work for. You understand? Otherwise then it is not grace. And so if you are here to say, Lord, I am praying that grace. So if you receive grace as an answer to prayer, it's not grace. Grace is merely obtained. And so you realize that our role is to respond to what God has said. And when we respond to what God has said, grace increases. Uh, grace increases the more we agree with God. And that is what God wants. He is looking for. Look, he says, my eyes are searching to and fro to look for looking for a man whose heart is set towards me you realize that it is the heart that gets set towards him and so when i am in the place of prayer i am not in the place of prayer thinking mukama please you will do you understand? I'm in a place of prayer, coming in the confidence, God, you have spoken and you have said. And because you have said, here I am. I totally agree with grace. <laughs> I totally agree with speed. I am not going, I can never be the last. I, I, I can never be behind. I can never be backward. My children can never be, hey, do you understand? Because in the next few minutes, we are going to go into a time of prayer. But this time of prayer we are going into is not a time of, uh, of, uh, of pleading and begging and, uh, and, and, and reading and, and hoping that God will do something. Hallelujah. I want men and women that will agree with God. Hey, glory be to God. 
and agree to goodness and agree to power and agree to anointing and agree to increase and agree to favor and agree to power and agree to understanding and agree to knowledge and agree with God who is lifting us, who is enlarging our territory and agree to expansion and agree to to joy, to joy and agree to wisdom and agree. Do I have some people in the house? Tomorrow we will, we will continue building on to how then we are building altars. But tonight I want us to go before God and I want us to agree. I want us to say, God, I, you have spoken and I have heard. You have spoken and I have heard. You have said and I have heard. And so because you have said, so here I am. Because you have said, so here I am. I come to agree with you. Because you have said, because you have spoken, I come to agree with you. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 706-332-572 or 776-579-679.